Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo, and I'm the author of the film review website, Quipster.net. I'd like to thank you for listening, and I'd also encourage you to check out my written work there at that website, Quipster.net, Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. Today's film is Brooklyn. It's a romance drama um, that is getting a lot of critical acclaim right now. PG-13 rated for a scene of sexuality and brief strong language, and the runtime is an hour and 51 minutes. Sir Sharonin is the star, uh, also features supporting roles for Emery Cohen, Jane Brennan, Donald Gleason, Julie Walters, Jim Broadbent, and Brid Brennan. And uh, the director is John Crowley. And the screenplay is by Nick Hornby, who is adapting a novel by Combe Toybin. The film is set in the early 1950s, and Saoirse Ronan is starring as a young woman named Alice Lacey. We find her at the beginning of the film, uh, where she is on the verge of womanhood. She's grown, though, not to have much of a life worth bragging about in her quaint small town in Ennis Corthy, Ireland. She's living there with her lonely widowed mother, Mary, and her kindly older sister, Rose. Uh, Alice finds the, the town a bit stifling for her. Uh, she's working short hours just one day a week for a bitter spinster who is constantly demeaning her and others. Uh, she's been anxious for much more and was hoping for a lot more at this point of her life. And she receives an offer from a kindly Irish priest who's been living in New York, um, who offers her the opportunity to come to America to work in a department store in Brooklyn with a chance to build another life for herself. She's excited for the chance, even though she dreads leaving her family, but her sister gives her blessing, uh, partially because she also was the one to encourage the priest to do this for her. And soon, uh, Alice is going to be leaving her home behind. When she gets there, a major bout of homesickness threatens to cut her new life abroad short, at least until she is wooed and courted by a local Italian-American plumber named Tony, whose sweetness and gentlemanly demeanor opens Alice up to a world of new possibilities of love and a potential future there. However, Ireland, Ireland eventually comes a-knocking when bad news crosses shores, which requires a brief visit from Alice to her hometown, where she can once again realized all of the wonderful things that she was missing in her life, and it causes her to go from a young woman with seemingly no future to a more mature one who has to choose between two possible bright ones in two different destinations. Director John Crowley uh, helms this very faithful Nick Hornby adaptation of Combe Toybin's award-winning novel of the same name. That novel was published in 2009 to a resounding success on all fronts. And I will say the film is also a resounding success as well. Though this story may seem very slight when you are looking at the synopsis at first glance, where Brooklyn shows great depth is in its finely tuned emotional portrayals of its characters. They're so fine-tuned that these characters' inner states can be read in many different layers of complexity throughout almost every scene in this film. There's also some very rich attention to period detail, it merges a realistic portrayal of a 1950s Brooklyn and also the Irish countryside with the nostalgic view that is also held by its main protagonist at the time. When things seem stifling, you see a lot of close-ups of Alice, and uh, it's, it looks very claustrophobic in the way that it's shot. When things seem very free, 
uh, the camera opens up. And in fact, it starts to look a little bit more dreamlike. It's almost as if it's merging with her state of mind. And I think that that really is why uh, one of the reasons uh, among many that why Brooklyn works so well as a story. While it does feel slow to start, once Alice's life and fortunes begin to take shape, so too does the movie. And you, soon you'll find yourself completely unwrapped in seeing where her newfound experiences take her. As fine as Brooklyn is in every department, I think that it would all be for naught if not for the spellbindingly wonderful performance from Saoirse Ronan. Uh, this, originally this film was, uh, being cast with Rooney Mara in the lead and that would have been, uh, I'm sure it probably still would have been fine in many respects, but it, I don't think it, I don't think it would be nearly as good with pretty much any other actress other than Saoirse Ronan. She really, uh, I, I can't imagine a better performance than the one she gives here for this role. She embodies the sweet-hearted, innocent, and kind, and beautiful Alice in a way that has you really rooting her on throughout. And you'll know that whatever path she chooses will lead to more than a bit of heartbreak for her, and not only just for herself, but also for those around her who have also grown to love her. As you come to identify with Alice, uh, you begin to smile when she smiles and you ache when she aches. And I think that when that happens, when you are uh, mirroring the state of mind of the actual protagonist in the film, I think that's the mark of a characterization done absolutely right and a performance from Ronan who, that feels utterly authentic. As doors of opportunity open for her, the realization that others will close perhaps forever when things begin to solidify that actually is, uh, that has an emotional impact. And a young sheltered girl who's now blossoming into a grown woman with some real life questions to ponder and no one else who can make those decisions for her anymore really forces her into a state of maturation. And you can really see as far as ca the character arc, the way that Alice grows from a, uh, girl to a woman be between the, uh, beginning and the end of the film, even though it doesn't cover uh, a great deal of, of time overall. Although Brooklyn is often coded with a bit of nostalgia, I think that that aspect is also one of the central themes of the story. We find Alice at the beginning of the story tired of her current situation. She finds a greener looking pasture across the Atlantic, though once she does get there, she finds that the road isn't as easy as she had imagined in her mind. On her return home later in the film, the feelings of nostalgia overwhelm her to the point where that initial feeling of restlessness seems to be gone. And she sinks right in as if she had never left the place. Now, that feeling goes around the film. It's exemplified in another scene in which Alice is at the boarding house when she is, uh, the, the boarding house that she stays in when she's in Brooklyn. She asks uh, another member, uh, tenant of that boarding house, a divorced woman, who uh, is waiting patiently for Alice to emerge from the sole bathroom in their in their house. And Alice asks this divorced woman if she thinks that she'll ever get married again. And the the woman replies in a sarcastic way, uh, but quite truthful about how she'd rather have her own bathroom in her own house instead of, be, you know, standing there waiting for everybody else to get out of the bathroom so that she could use it. And uh, that leads to all of the wonderful things that having uh, a life, your own life and your own home and your own family all of that implies. 
And then she finishes up her story saying that until she'll eventually end up waiting for this fat slob with hair growing out of his ears to also emerge from the bathroom. And at that moment, she'll wish she were right back there in the boarding house having this conversation with Alice, which is uh, a, a really, <laughs> a, it's a perfect uh, illustration of what this movie is kind of getting at. It's that high gloss image that we put into our own minds, our hopes, our dreams, when we have envision our own future. But once life begins to take shape for us as human beings, we become more entrenched and we, be, we begin to yearn naturally for a time when all of those infinite possibilities were still in front of us, especially when we no longer remember the, all of that anguish and irritation that we felt when we were younger, having been removed from those situations for far too long. Though the era is the 1950s and the romance is a bit old-fashioned, Crowley does a wonderful job in never sinking the piece into melodrama of the period, though the material could certainly lend to that if one were inclined to make it one. While Brooklyn could be mawkish and manipulative in the way that it tells its story, it's told with a voice too earnest and too sincere to doubt its sentimentality's uh, emphasis. Now, there is a bit of narrative circularity to the way that it tells its story. There's a lot of contrasts and comparisons and uh, looping back around of story themes. Those things really only come from the artifice of fiction. But the film has such fully fleshed out characters that we can feel in front of us, really breathe and grow in the short ta time that we're afforded with them. And I think that that element of it that the all of those very uh shrewd observations about uh, every pretty much every aspect of things uh the very detailed uh look at both brooklyn and also uh rural ireland and also these characters uh they say so much with so little and uh it really even even though there's an artifice to the way that the story plays out it still feels like they are completely three-dimensional characters in front of us. And so we buy this world. And we also know that a lot of the story is tinged with Alice's state of mind at the time. So if it seems a little dreamy in some sequences, it's because that's how she's the character's feeling. If it feels a little bit more rigid, that's because that's how she's feeling there too. And I think that that's uh, another one of the beautiful things about Brooklyn. Brooklyn's a, a PG-13 rated film. It does have occasional harsh language, and there is a scene. Uh, it's a bit of a sexual awaken, awakening. I think it's tastefully handled. But, um, and I, I'm actually glad that it did get a PG-13 rating because it could have been an R because of both of those things. But it, it, I, 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 mean, I enjoy the fact that it's still within reach of younger viewers who I think will also appreciate this coming-of-age tale. While it is a romance at its heart. It's not just about the love of a woman toward a man or a man toward a woman or anything like that. It's also about a, that woman's love of a place or places, destinations of promised bliss that culminate from allowing her to follow her heart to happiness. While Brooklyn may not be from outside appearances weighty or topical, it does touch upon universal themes and explores them in very delicate, touching, and very truthful ways.
it's beautifully told. It's, it's, it's bittersweet as well. And will likely not only have you looking back to those fond memories of your own youth, but also do so knowing that those memories are as imperfect as our daydreams of our future, which ultimately allows us to come to a more comfortable embrace of the life that we're living in the here and now. I really enjoyed Brooklyn. I'm going to give this film four stars. Four stars means I consider it one of the best films of the year. It'll probably be in my top 10 at the end of the year. Uh, it, it's uh, my top 10 starting to shape up. I think I have five four star ratings so far this year. Uh, rounding them down, I also gave four stars to Inside Out, Me and Earl and the Dying Girl, uh, Spotlight, and Room. Those uh, Room, Spotlight, and Brooklyn are currently playing in a limited selection around the country. And so if you have a theater that's showing any one of those, or even uh, if you have all three of them playing in your town, I couldn't recommend those films higher. Uh, if you want to see what I consider to be example four-star films right now, Inside Out, as well as Me and Earl and the Dying Girl, are available uh, for streaming at home or uh, for a DVD or Blu-ray purchase or rental if you happen to still have that option available. Uh, so that's the end of the Brooklyn review, but um, I'm going to take the time out here to mention... Um, I had a comment in one of my iTunes comments that uh, it's better to check out this show after you've seen the movie because I, I talk a lot about the films that I'm covering. And that, that is certainly true. And honestly, um, if you're a reader of film reviews like I am, generally speaking, um, when I when I go read a film review before I've seen a movie, if, if it's a movie I know that I want to see, I try to find out as little as possible I, I kind of will, if I were just a, an, an average film goer and not a film reviewer, I probably would just get a general feel for um, what certain film critics that I respect think of the film before I, you know, venture out and pay money to see it. Um, and so I probably give a glance to the star ratings. And one of the benefits that I have of my film review site is people can go to my site and right from the front page, you don't even have to read the review. You can see how many stars I give a film and you will know that a three star or above is going to be a recommendation for me. Below a three star means I don't recommend it and that there's various levels of not recommending it. However, um, I've heard from friends of mine and other people who've read the review site that they don't they often will just read the last paragraph of my review because I tend to, and I, I don't intentionally do this, but I tend to just kind of give a recap of my thoughts without going into details there. So if you happen to be uh, one of the people that think that I go into too much detail for listening to a podcast, because podcasts are, are definitely different because it's very linear. You kind of have to listen from beginning to end um, to know what I think of the film. I would encourage you if you if there is a film that you want to see but you don't want to know too much, I would encourage you to just go to and but you do want to know what I think of this the film. Uh I would encourage you to go to my website quipster.net, just look at what the star rating is for that particular film and then judge for yourself whether you're going to see that that movie or not based on that recommendation and then you can come back and listen to the review. Um that's definitely what I would encourage you to do. Um because, you know, honestly, if I were just a film goer and I had, you know, and somebody else were doing this review show, um, 
I probably would want to know as little as possible about movies that I am definitely going to see. I probably would listen more, much more if I've already seen the film or if it's a movie I have no intention of seeing or I'm wavering and I want to know a lot more about the film before I go. Now, I do do this film review show for a variety of audiences. Obviously, some people, especially parents, want to listen to uh, an entire review just to kind of get a feel for whether they should take their kids or not, whether they should take their significant other or not, because, you know, obviously that causes a lot of consternation between uh, couples who uh, where one person doesn't want to watch a certain kind of film and, and you know, especially horror films or, or even a romance like Brooklyn uh, to know, you know, is this something... You know, if you're, if you're somebody whose, uh, significant other doesn't like romances, but, uh, unless they're really good, then you could listen to this review and say, oh, okay, based on what I've heard here, I think my, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, such and such would like this because, uh, he or she likes this kind of movie. So, um, uh, so basically the, you know, it, it, you get what you want out of it. You don't have to listen to every re- review. Uh, some people only listen to the reviews that they are interested in. And, um, that's why I do my film reviews a la carte instead of doing five lumped together in a week. It's just too much, uh, for people to jump around. So you can pick and choose what you want. You can listen to it however you want. And if you don't even want to know anything about the movie, like I said, check out the website, quipster.net, Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. Just find out my star rating and go with that. So. I hope that's uh, more enlightening uh, in, in terms of how I perceive the show. But if you've gotten this far, obviously you've listened to the whole show. I thank you for that. And I, you know, if you happen to be listening this far, just send me a note, quipster at gmail.com. And uh, that way I know <laughs> how many people actually do listen to the very end. Quipster at gmail.com is the uh, address you can write, re- write to me directly. So until next time, thank you everyone for listening. I encourage you to check out the website where you can also find out my uh, Facebook page and my link, the link to my Twitter feed as well. Quipster.net, Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. Check out Brooklyn and Room and uh, Spotlight out in the theaters right now. Boy, what a weekend of entertainment you have ahead of you for Thanksgiving. Until next time, I'm out.